Welcome to Government Love Bot, the only podcast whose official stance is that a shrimp did in fact fry that rice. My name is Tyler. You're telling me a shrimp fried this rice? I'm Nick. I am me. <clears throat> well, here we are again. Welcome back, boys. Gathering around the, government. the computers. Love that. That's right. Yeah. We're going to completely ignore the chaos that happened five minutes beforehand with <laughs> pictures of Peyton Manny's forehead. All right. So I think that I'm going to go first with my topic here for today. We'll just jump right into it, you know? Hell yeah. Right. Hell as, yeah. Let's get as, this shit. As we do here. So uh, I've been watching Law & Order. As uh, you probably know. And there was this one episode of Law and Order where Olivia Benson went to Los Angeles and she met up with a cop played by Skeet Ulrich, which, in case you don't know who he is, he's Billy Loomis from Scream. So he's like a pretty big deal. And when I saw him, I remember thinking, man, what a weird actor to get for one scene. Why Why would you only get him for one scene? Then the other day I was reading about Law & Order shows, and it turns out, oh, that wasn't a side character. That was a cameo. That was a crossover with Law, with Law & Order Los Angeles, in which Skeet Ulrich stars. Oh my god. Which oh is my like, god. like, how are they just going to slip that in there? And then they it got, And then it got me thinking about crossover media right and how interesting a lot of crossovers between media is whether it be connecting two games that seem relatively unconnected or shows or movies or what have you and uh i figured we could talk about some of our favorites so i got a couple here that i uh that i find fairly interesting uh the first one is um <clears throat> It's the Persona games, which I mention quite often. I ju I'm in the middle of playing Persona 4, and in Persona 4, there's a part where you go to the island from Persona 3, and on that island, like, the background music changes to the background music from 3, and they, like, reference little things. Like, one of the characters says that, like, the last time they were there, there was a blackout, which is, like, part of the story of Persona 3. And I just think that's a nice little way to connect the Persona games that are normal that normally seem very disconnected. And on the topic of uh, Persona games, there's this one Persona game, and I'm going to Google the title because I don't want you guys to. I want you guys to get the full title. Here, you need to know. Everybody in the audience needs to know. Let's see here. Okay, so it's a uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. And in this is a game that is a crossover between um the Persona 4 Arena games, uh Blaze Blue, another fighting game that I can't remember the exact name of. Um oh, Under the Night in Birth, whatever that is, I don't know what that one is. But uh and also Ruby so just like the four most random things you can think of. <clears throat> uh so that's just a that's just a fun 
episode earlier. And then another one that happened recently was, once again, with Law & Order. They had a crossover between Criminal Intent, one okay. of the characters from yeah, Law & Order, Criminal Intent, the, the good Law & Order show, which stars Vincent D'Onofrio, a.k.a. the Kingpin. <clears throat> um, in which, uh, I just completely lost my train of thought because of that noise, my bad. Um, so it was a crossover between uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent, where the Vincent D'Onofrio's partner showed up on Law and Order SVU, and I just thought that was really cool. And I just like crossovers like that. So I want to know what crossovers you guys like. Oh, I have one already. I'm all prepared for this. Timmy. Go for it. Timmy Jimmy Power Hour. You oh guys remember God. that shit? Yeah, Fucking the Jimmy and Timmy Power Hour. Hands down, one of the best crossovers I have ever experienced and will ever experience. The combination of going back and forth between um like Fairly Odd Parents graphics and or Fairly Odd Parents art and Jimmy Neutron Tron's art. The uh, little uh, love triangle dynamic where Timmy was starting to step up on the Cindy Jimmy ship. Uh, <laughs> Jorgen Bond strangle at the end, having um, the Dr. Calamitous's head shoved on his shoulders with him. <laughs> Just absolute art that shall never be experienced again. And I think it should be treasured forever. You know what that reminds me of? You just remind me of a crossover that I can't believe I forgot in thinking about this topic. And it's, um, the, I don't even remember the exact name. It's like the, that's so sweet life with Hannah Montana. Oh, that was on the yeah. Disney channel where it was, that's so Raven, sweet love is that Cody and Hannah Montana all crossing over. Alternatively, uh, later on in that, uh, show that lifespan, uh, this, Wizards on deck with Hannah Montana, whatever they that's call them. the. I was oh, just about to mention that one because that one's insane because it just casually confirms that wizards exist within like the Zack <laughs> and Cody universe and the Hannah Montana universe and the That's So Raven universe because of the previous uh crossover. Listen, if you want to get into like the Disney Channel fucking like the Disney Channel extended universe. That's a rabbit hole that's that would take way too long to go down halfway through this topic. So we need to know, is lemonade for the... mouth connected to any of it? Lemonade mouth is connected to everything. It's connected to us through our hearts and through our minds. It'll always be there. Dude, when I was a kid, I would kill for that canned lemonade. That yeah, was so just so refreshing. The so sad good. thing is, real life canned lemonade is gross. You're right. You're you're 100% right. (laughs) But anyway, back to the... But yeah, so Wizards on Deck with Hannah Montana is just... It's so good because uh, it combines, like, all my favorite things. Sweet Life on Deck, which I I absolutely love. I I love the Sweet Life series, either of those shows. Wizards of Waverly Place, which is a show that, for some reason, is... It's just, like, a chunk of my brain is just dedicated to random memories of that show and it's just like it won't go away like i just have random memories of this show to the point where i remember almost every episode of it it's really weird and then also hannah montana is barely in it so win-win all around (laughs) 
she really that is true if you look up I, this is a really stupid thing i'm about to say if you look up a review of that crossover right um <laughs> you'll find out that like the hannah montana section is so like disconnected it's literally just we put hannah montana and billy ray cyrus on a boat for an episode and like it has yeah, no yeah. connection to <laughs> it has no sure connection was... to wizards or anything else I'm pretty sure there was actually drama between like Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus at the time. So was when that, I came... thought it was just that Miley Cyrus like was kind of just checked out at that point because I was like late hand. So. I I had fallen. I uh, we, we both briefly watched this uh, video documentary on the Wizards of Waverly Place by Key and Carl. All right. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't briefly watch it. I watched that whole bitch. <laughs> I watched that whole thing. I, I went down through the comments and was reading through some stuff. And being honest, I didn't, like, do, like, terribly deep digging. I just kind of looked up, went, oh, okay, and then moved on. But it seems like Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus had had drama at the time, and they would just, like, refuse to be on set next to each other. Well, you know what? So, like, Team it came along. Selena Gomez. <laughs> I ch- I changed my mind. This podcast's official stance is that we are Team Selena Gomez, but only Selena Gomez in the year like 2011 when that came out. Oh my God! So many official stances. We're breaking well, yeah. the rules all over. This is three in the row. Three in a row. Is this a new thing? Are yeah, we doing this? You can't now? stop me. You can't stop. <laughs> I can't. Me. I can't contain him. Guys, help! Lock down. <laughs> Lock down. He's broken free again. You can't, you can't stop me. Um, but yeah, no, but that crossover is just really like, it's just really fun seeing characters from like one thing show up in characters of another thing. It sounds so trivial, but it's so like, it's pretty much what the Marvel cinematic universe is built on <laughs> is it being cool to see one guy in a different thing. Facts. So D, what, what, what crossover are you thinking of? So, uh, all right, this is a bit of a controversial opinion. I actually don't really like crossovers. I, uh, I think that they, that they can, that they could easily take away from the point of the original media if they're not done right. Cue the shocked gasps. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Um, I have one thing I'd like to talk about though, which is it's a very brief moment in uh, the original. Casper the Friendly Ghost live action movie. All right. So they move into the house and they realize that there's ghosts in the house. And they want to get rid of the ghosts. So who do they call? A the very. Uh, yeah. The, a, a very checked out Dan Aykroyd drives up. So Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I believe, pre Crystal Skull Vodka days. And uh, he is there to to bust ghosts. Bust it makes him feel good. Bust doesn't it make everybody feel good? <laughs> now, D, I, I want to ask you about your um uh, your opinion on like when it comes to crossovers. So, because like crossovers have a few different stages, right? So, like, what where do you draw the line on crossovers? Like, for instance, I mentioned before the Persona games, how they like reference the other games and they mention that they're all in the same universe, but it's not really a focus Com- like that, like that being one end of the spectrum and then going all the way up to the other end of the spectrum, which is wizards on deck with Hannah Montana. 
Like, like, where do you draw the line there? I I draw the line at, at step one. I draw the line at uh, they reference events that took place in the other game or in the other piece of media that is like tangentially connected, but they don't really go much further than that because so like I feel cameos and Easter eggs. I I see. I feel like they can take away because if you're watching something and you're like, all right, let, all right, let's go to Law and Order. You're watching Law and Order and you see a celebrity appear. What's your first thought? He did it. He did it. Exactly. It takes you out of the media. It, it, but, it, but Law it, and Order does that even when it's not a crossover. That's true. I mean, you're you're right. But I just think that when they're like, oh, by the way, you know, Tom Brady's in this episode or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, Tom Brady's the killer. He's the one who did it, right? Well, that's, a, that's more of a cameo than it is a, is a crossover. Yeah, but I, I I still mean that like when you when you break immersion like that, you sort of play your hand. I think. Um, I think enough, it really depends. Do you have any other like examples of that though? Because like in Law and Order, it's just kind of like cliche thing they do. But like, I was gonna I, mention like I was gonna mention that one thing, one issue I could see with crossovers happened again in Law and Order. Where they actually had like a legit full on crossover with Chicago PD, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't know jack shit about Chicago PD, and when they did that crossover, half that episode, like I was just like, this means nothing to me. Like I feel like this should mean something to me, but I don't watch Chicago PD, so like I don't understand what this has to do with anything. You know, and and that's another aspect of this, I I think, and. I'm about to admit something on podcast. I have watched all of Steven Universe. Uh, yeah, you can at me. I know. His address is... No, I'm just kidding. Their address <laughs> is... Um, Doesn't that have a very dedicated and ferocious fan base, though? And does. a dedicated and ferocious haters. It definitely has those, too. I, uh, I don't know. I just thought that it was... I thought it was pretty well done. And it it was it was it was good to watch in the background, so I've I've seen it all, and um, there's an episode where they have a crossover with Uncle Grandpa. I don't know if you remember oh that show. Oh my god, I forgot about I this. Did. I wish I could forget about that show. This was, uh, that was so bad. Listen, I I want to give I, I want to give a shout out to um, th- I think it's sick animation. Were were some of the creative creative minds behind that? Because some of their stuff is legitimately so funny. Let me let me post a link to uh their video Green Lovers. Better not okay. have anything to do with Uncle Grandpa. We'll fight. It does not. We'll fight on not. site. We'll lock eyes and it'll be a Pokemon battle. One thing I like about crossovers is when the creators try to get really creative on how they can put these two things together. So, like, sometimes it can be lazy. So, like, that Law & Order in Chicago PD one's kind of lazy where it's just like, oh, this connects to the Chicago because the guy's in New York now. So, it's like, <laughs> and he was in Chicago. And it's like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. But then sometimes they get... Not gonna lie, I think those are kind of the better crossovers in my mind. Is If it's in the same world, in the same place, and you have two, like, shows or pieces of media that take place in different locations with different characters and heroes. 
And then they do just kind of have like, oh, at this point in the adventure, their things overlap. Those are like kind of the most natural and I feel like best yeah, feeling I agree. crossovers. But then again, I, I love Timmy Jimmy Power Hour where they just straight up went, these are two parallel universes where they can hop back and forth because yes. See, see, weirdly, my, my feelings are in like a horseshoe shape where it's like, I don't like it when there's like tiny crossovers that sort of break the immersion. But I think if you're going to do, if you're going to do it, do it in a full episode, just make it a thing. Uh, I don't think it's good usually. I gotta say the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I do remember liking it a lot. Uh, so I think that it's 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 sort of a matter of like how well done it is, and I just don't think it's well yeah. done very often. Yeah. So like I was gonna say that one thing that I like is when crossovers get creative. So one that I that I think of is is oh man, I mentioned it a bunch, don't I? The Persona games. Um. <laughs> But yeah, the Persona Q games and then the Persona 4 Arena games, they have characters and they like find ways to basically create events that connect these groups of people together so that they can meet up for like these special crossovers. And it's really interesting. And they they find ways to make it not seem contrived and not seem immersion breaking. Where it's just like, yeah, of course they would be in this situation because this is where they're at in their life or whatever. And another really good crossover I think of is the Chicago shows. I don't watch them. I have no idea what's going on. I really have no idea what's going on in any of them. But I saw this one that was a crossover between Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Chicago PD. And I'm like, how the f- like how do you cross those three over? Well, what happens is the bomb there's a bomb, right? So a bomb goes off and and what I can only imagine is some weird allusion to the Boston Marathon because that's what Dick Wolf does. Um, so like this bomb goes off near a hospital. So now there's a ton of people who are injured and then there's like a huge fire breaking out. Right. So like there's, so the first part of it is Chicago fire where Chicago, the Chicago fire people have to try to do like search and rescue and they have to help people and rescue them and get them out of like the rubble and stuff. Part two is Chicago med where the doctors attempt to like, help all the people they can and deal with the fact that their hospital is basically like way over capacity. And then part three is Chicago PD catching the bombers. And it's like, Oh, that's really cool. I like the way they connected everybody together because that's how, how those things would connect. It makes sense in that world. Yeah. Facts. I just like stuff like that. That's I like the cohesive connection too. Like just when it feels natural and like, Oh, Hey, Either these people haven't directly helped each other out or they have like stumbled upon each other at a brief meeting. It's just, it feels much better than when you just take like two not entirely related things, grab them, and then like action figures or dolls, make them kiss. Make them kiss. So yeah, that's, that's, but that's my personal opinion on crossovers. I think they can be really fun. Like I said, there's some that are like kind of contrived. Like I'm pretty sure that Blaze Blue Cross Tag one is kind of contrived and how they jam all those IPs together. But then there are some like the other, like the Persona spinoffs and like Chicago PD who managed to make it interesting and basically web, weave a connected universe together in a creative way. How do you like the Marvel versus Capcom games? Those are good ones too. Chris Redfield is in those. I love 
There, Resident Evil is another one that does really whoa, good. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa! You like Chris Redfield? I'm a big Chris Redfield guy. Yeah. That's that's a bootlicker sentiment. I'm sorry. I I hate to do it to you, but um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Ready here first. Is that right? How many people do you know punch boulders? That's a bootlicker statement. How many people? How many people do you know that punch boulders? You know, all right. I just want to yeah. point out. Yeah, yeah. The real hot take isn't you not liking crossovers. It's you dissing Chris Redfield in this household. <laughs> you come into our house. You come into our robot. Diss our Chris Redfield. I'm just saying. Absolutely. That, like... All right. Anyways. <laughs> shut down, D. You've been shut down. I know. That boulder has been punched. All right. I've been, a, <laughs> anyway. I've been attacked for my views on Chris Redfield. Yeah. You can have any views you want, just none that are negative towards Chris Redfield specifically. If it makes you feel any better, I don't actually remember or know who Chris Redfield is. Shut up, Nick. I'm you're on my side. No. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. You're on my side. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> we must have. We must have a war. Three ways. The people who don't know who Chris Redfield are. No, the, our, the real the Chris, real Resident Evil character is. we stand is uh, Leon Kennedy because of the opening of Resident Evil Six, where his first line is, "I just shot the president of the United States." <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, because president. that's what he did. He shot the president of the United States. It's. I just want to say really, good, it's wild how those games go from like, oh no, you're in a spooky mansion to. Leon Kennedy has shot the president of the United States. I was going to say, Leon Kennedy shoots the president of the United States and then travels to Tokyo where a giant gas bomb has gone off. Or uh, Chris Redfield punches a boulder in a volcano while fighting Wesker, who's infected by a tentacle virus. Those games took a hard turn. I'm not saying... Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Can I be honest with you? Five it. and six are the worst Resident Evil games. Yeah, they are. That's why. That's why they're my favorite. Because okay, they're so. Because they're, they're absolutely like asinine bad, and I love it. <laughs> they're just. I love. I love Resident Evil when it tries to be absolutely like off the wall insane like that. I love it. You even. You even love five. It's the racist one. Five. Five is my favorite Resident Evil game. Oh my god. Yeah. Nick, I think you're probably gonna have to censor that. That's well, no, not because it's like the race. It's not okay. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not the racist. Defend one. yourself. Okay, it's not the oh. racist one. Now, yes, it is. it's not I'll the racist one. If... It's just bad. <laughs> I'll do research it's... to see how uh, well, well the Resident Evil Five game was received by the masses, and then from well... there, if this part is still in, the viewers will know that I deemed it safe enough. To, to leave in. Well, I was going to say, I know why D's saying that, though. He's saying that because, like, that that is a thing people talk about Resident Evil 5 because it takes place in Africa. And, like, there are some parts of it that are, like, absolutely, like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. But, like, well, I don't know. I'd hardly say that, like, it's overall racist because, like, after, like, the first couple chapters, it stops being this is a zombie thing in Africa and starts being, I don't know, Chris Redfield is using sundials to burn people alive. It, I I don't know. <laughs> like if the game was just camp i think it would probably be one of my favorites but okay, it's the wait. fact that it's like i ahead. have to ask some 
what about it being a zombie game in Africa makes it racist? It's 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 because a lot of the the main enemy types are expressly not infected. They're just like kind of normal people. Well, no, they are infected. It's just that they're they're they are infected. They're just the the Resident Evil Four not zombies where they look humanoid and they have like very few zombie characteristics. Oh, being honest, I haven't played too much of the Resident Evil games. So yeah, yeah. The other big thing. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, the other big thing people point out is that one of the enemy types is, like, the very stif- stereotypical, like, white man's idea of of what a, a tribal person looks like. Oh, my God, I forgot about the, those big yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot about those really big guys. That's, like, that's that, that I think, or earns it some cultural that sensitivity level, that, points on that its own. level is the level where they introduce those guys is hilarious though not because of those guys but because most of it is like an open world boat thing where a crocodile will just eat you if you're in the water too long. Oh, yeah. yeah but sense. either way i like i like the camp I, most of what i like about resident evil 5 is the camp some of the ridiculous scenarios you get put in and wesker just everything to do with wesker is so good man but D, if you like camp, but you don't want any of the really awkward stuff of five, that's pretty much what six is. Because <laughs> six is like <laughs> the most insane game ever. Like in there's one chap, there's like one story that's Sherry Birkin and Wesker's son, Jake. Oh, I've 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 played Resident Evil Six. I've okay played. Then you know five the and part. Six. Then you know the part I'm ta- about to talk about, where that weird nemesis guy who chases you. Is just jumping from helicopter to helicopter to try and catch you, and he's just shredding through helicopters. As it's one so does, good. they're all they're all lined up it's perfectly so, for him. It's well, no, he's just fucking like Hulk jumping between them, just jumping at Maki, going seven miles. Either way, this whole conversation about crossovers has taken a turn. <laughs> Yeah, the it's is, sorry. Resident Throw him under the bus. Get him under there. Okay, to wrap up this topic on crossovers, Resident Evil Four, uh, Resident Evil Five and Six are absolutely insane, and that's what makes them insane. All right, next. Who's who's next? <laughs> okay, I can go next if you want. Oh, I was gonna say I can go next. Let's well, let's let uh Nick go next because I know D's really really into his topic like I was last time. So, oh yeah, similar. We'll let D wrap similar. it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let D take us home. Take, take us to the promised lands. Anyway, it's really fitting that our topic of uh, that your topic of crossovers kind of slid into a video game discussion because I want to talk about game genres and specifically some of our favorite game genres and exactly what like makes them our favorite. So, for example, I want to start. I am deeply in love with Souls-like games, just especially the entire Soulsborne actual like series of games from software from from software. I I love them to death. It's just so satisfying to nail down like the the invincibility frames, the kind of hard lessons of you gotta you're gonna have to get good, and the progress and ability to be like go into it, make mistakes, mess up. But more often than not, it'll be just that. 
you making mistakes, messing up, and being able to learn from it. It's a very satisfying experience. Inversely, I love roguelikes, which are like the exact opposite of that, because <laughs> they're almost entirely RNG. I, I tend to like roguelikes actually a bit more than roguelikes. And the very subtle difference of that is that roguelikes will let you, as you go through runs, you can progress outside. So like the first run is ultimately your hardest run. As you go along and you accrue currency, Hades is an, ex is an excellent example. Phenomenal roguelite. You, you get stronger, you'll unlock more weapons, you'll be able to upgrade your stats, and it'll ultimately bring you, be what brings you to completing that first run and then going on to complete consecutive runs for whatever end game type goal the roguelite has set up. Oh, right. But it's it. just the, the exact opposite because it's uh, like very much RNG based, even with like, even with roguelites. One a bad run, bad RNG for a whole run could really throw it all down the drain, no matter how good you play. Yeah. So what's funny is, I guess I can I can kind of roll up next with mine, is those game genres are some like are some of the last on my list. Not because I think they're bad. They're obviously fantastic game genres, but I'm bad at video games. So <laughs> I can never get good at them. So that's one of the reasons why Soulsborne games, I just can't, I just can't do it. I'm not good enough at games, no matter how much I try, man. I just speaking <sighs> speaking of being bad at video games, I can't really play shooters. I'm honestly just oh, yeah. incapable. And oh, that kind of flows, shooters. that kind of flows into what I was gonna say. So I have two genres picked out, and the first one I'm not gonna dwell too much on because I feel like I keep talking about it, but it's JRPGs. I love JRPGs. Like, right, can we can we get like, some like examples other than Persona? Because like there are some oh, hits out there. Chrono oh, Trigger. Oh yeah, I can easily. Oh, Chrono I can, Trigger for sure. I was gonna say Chrono Trigger. That's a great one. I got I got plenty more though. Dragon Quest. I played Dragon oh. Quest Eleven late last year. Fucking love Dragon Quest Eleven. Dragon Quest. The game is fantastic. Two is my favorite one. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. I like Final Final Fantasy Seven. I like Final Fantasy Seven a lot. That's um, classic. Honestly, if you say if you say you're a fan of JRPGs and then say you don't like Final Fantasy VII, my heart would cry out in pain. There are probably some of you out there, but just know my heart is in pain for you. Yeah. Did you ever, like, did you ever try Final Fantasy VIII? I honestly have not played that. I know Squall from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, I haven't, but my friend really wants me to play Final Fantasy IX. Ooh, oh yeah, nine. That one slaps too. Yeah, he loves nine. So like, he really wants me to play Final Fantasy nine. But like, I just like JRPGs for like a whole bunch of reasons. Like, like especially with like things like Chrono Trigger, you know, Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest, all those games. Just having the going on these like grand adventures and then just like building up a party of characters and you just become friends with all of them as you like explore and like push through like some sort of massive quest and there's side quests and side content and just fun things to do in them. It's just these big grand epic adventures. And I love that feeling when you finally get to the end and you hit credits and you're like, that's it. The adventure's over. I went on this whole adventure. I made friends and now that's just and scene. You know what I mean? And and I like a lot of games do that well. Like I said, I'm gonna try to avoid talking about the one that I keep talking about. Um <laughs> I don't, like, like, I don't want to. I don't want to seem like that's the only one. I play. 
Sure, go for it. <laughs> it it totally is, but no, that's okay. Um, do, is this like stuck specifically? Like, are you just a big fan of like turn-based JRPGs? Or yeah, I was. Like I was actually more... going to mention that one of the things that I like uh, are turn-based RPGs specifically, because um, well, there's like multiple reasons I like them. One, I like being able to sit and think about my moves. Because one of the things that I don't like about Final Fantasy VII and Chrono Trigger is they do this really weird system where there's like a meter that goes up and the second it's full, you can attack. And you kind of have to like rapidly go through it and like get ready to click them when it's time. I don't really like that as much as I like just straight up Dragon Quest style turn-based where like if I want to take like a couple minutes kind of planning out what move I want to do, I can take those couple minutes and just kind of sit and think about it um you know i like the satisfying feeling of starting a boss fight and just like like pumping out all your buff spells and then like getting ready to just start like wailing on the boss and stuff like that um and then also one thing is that when i play games one thing i love is the ability to just kind of like pause anywhere the thing i like about jrpgs is like especially turn-based ones is if i have to go to the bathroom i could just like start a battle and then it's like okay i'll be right back and my character will just spend the next like couple minutes staring at the enemy not moving at all (laughs) until i get back and decide that it is time for him to um him to attack just doing the idle animations that's just like how fights are in real life too actually you just kind of stare at each other for a long time exactly (laughs) and like the rpg mechanics are like my favorite part of like fire emblem like, Fire Emblem is obviously not just a straight-up, like, turn-based JRPG. It's a little different. But, like, I like I like the RPG elements within that game. Oh, my God. Earthbound? Love Earthbound. Fantastic. Oh, Earthbound, yeah. I've heard so much Earthbound. about Earthbound as it being, like, a classic game. I'm just uncultured. I've never played it. Oh, my God, dude. Switch. Oh, my God. I actually Earthbound. do in the house. I Earth- don't own it. It's my, my roommate's. But I've already gotten to go ahead to purchase a game for it so let me tell you why earthbound's the greatest game all right one of the main characters name is Pooh. all right (laughs) that's good enough reason or honestly should be game of all time (laughs) out of all the games ever made this has got to be one of them (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah so i just love jrpgs because i think that they're just so charming in so many ways some a lot of my favorite games of all time are in some way shape or form an rpg i want to talk on like the rpg part i want to mention some of my uh my favorite not necessarily turn-based rpgs but i feel like they should get mentions because i just i love them to death uh kingdom hearts is i just absolutely fell in love with that and i think honestly that's partially what led to my souls like love because it kind of has some elements of it like with the uh dodge rolling iframes and all that jazz just not all of like the in-depth stats but also star ocean i feel is a really really good just um at least up to a certain point the uh integrity and faithlessness or faithfulness is the last one i've I've played and that one it took me a while to get into but i ended up having a great time with it by the end just overall that series is so so well done as a jrpg where you find these characters and pick them up but they also have some of the stuff that keeps keeps my cravings satisfied where it's like that action movement i'm the complete opposite i want to have the game forcing things down my throat so i have to react to it oh okay 
Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking at it right now. And I've ne- I've I've heard of Star Ocean, but I don't think I've ever actually like played any of them. But this actually looks interesting. I might check this out. Specifically, till the end of time is my favorite. I was gonna say you're gonna have to yeah you have to give me some recommendations like where to start. Actually, I have Steam up right now. I'm I'm literally looking at a Star Ocean game. Uh, Star Ocean: The Divine Force is is on sale right now. I don't know if you, for like thirty six oh, bucks. Is that so the I, newest one? Oh wow. Yeah, I think it just came out. Oh wow! I'll have to look at that. So now, uh, there's one more RPG that I do want to shout out. Now that you mentioned it, um, and now this is a hit game series I love a whole lot. Right? It's called. Just kidding! It's Dokapon Kingdom. Um, so <laughs> just kidding! It's Dokapon Kingdom. Yeah, you had me for a second. So Dokapon Kingdom is ironically made by Atlas, but it's a party game. So it's uh it's like Mario Party, but it's a J but it's a JRPG. So you get a character and you go through a story that's like about fighting monsters, leveling up, clearing towns, but there's also three other players trying to do the same thing. So you're constantly battling with them, and it's a it's a party game mixed with RPG mechanics, and it's so like it's wild. I love it so much. It's getting a remake on the Switch coming i believe late next month just i i i recommend it wholeheartedly it's amazing it's such a good game. one last mention one last honorable mention for the oh, go for it. is an excellent one i big recommend to you guys especially if you have any like of D because like a pseudo d like tabletop rpg kind of uh uh setup and I absolutely have had a blast with that. They have multiple different campaigns and stories you can go through. You can have, like, couch play with your homies. You can have online play. It's a blast. I love it. I like RPGs that have, like, really big branches in their stories. But now uh, I'm going to cut kind of my second genre that I was going to mention short, which I don't really have too much to say about it. But it's um, class-based team shooters like Overwatch or Team Fortress 2. I just like the big fancy cast of funny characters who all have their own way of tackling a team-based shooting game, like with game modes like payloads and capture the point and stuff like that. I just think those are really fun. Uh, I would play way more TF2 if I was any good at using mouse and keyboard and had a computer that could reliably run uh, any game really. Uh, (laughs) um, And, uh, so in substitute of that, I play a lot of Overwatch, and I love Overwatch so much. I know that that game is scummy, both dev-wise and in the way they use microtransactions, so I just spend absolutely zero money on it and just play as the funny Junkrat guy with the grenade launcher. So that's my second genre, class-based shooters. I'll send it over Overwatch to you, Overwatch 2, I just learned today that they, um, like their newer characters that they've come out with, you can just unlock by playing the game, too. Yeah, Junker Queen is uh, top tier. D, if you've never done it, Google Junker Queen. All right. <laughs> I feel like um, you're, you'll appreciate that. Um, since since we have I this moment her. for him looking looking it up, Octopath <laughs> Traveler also deserves an honorable mention. I'm sorry, oh, I man. thought about it late. I Warning resist. with Octopath Traveler though, that game is hard as balls. I love it to death, yo. I have beaten it, and I am. I have been slowly over time trying to take on the like super hard bosses for like the elite classes and shit. 
And I've got to get my hands on the second one, too, because it just came out, like, last month, I think. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to send it over to UD first. Uh, thoughts on Junker Queen? Did you say that again? Oh, God. Uh, oh. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> humana, humana, humana. Auga, auga, my uh, he turned big, him into big, cartoon sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> big, big muscle woman makes brain go. Um, <laughs> just gonna save this image. Um, <laughs> so, as far as my favorite genres go, um, I really liked. Very, uh, very story-rich RPGs, but not in the sense of like JRPG uh, or turn-based RPGs, but more in the sense of like, uh, I guess you'd call them like some people would call them like Western RPGs, action or, RPGs. Uh, what's that now? Action RPGs. Yeah, you can call them an action RPG. There you go. Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a fan of Fallout, um, but only the good ones, which are more. I mean. The, what are the good ones, You'll... D? What? What are the good ones, D? Uh, one, two, and New Vegas. Okay. I'm, I'm, I listen. I, if somebody has a problem with that, they have a problem with that. But um, I don't think you'll get many people arguing. Send it to D's personal address, which is. It's a three hundred eight Negra Lane, Arroyo Negra Arroyo Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico, eight seven one zero four. anyway you were saying d uh anyways i feel like i've talked enough about those and and my thoughts on them i just i i just like a story that's not afraid to uh you know like commit to the bit and like have a story that it's not afraid of i i feel like too many rpgs uh these days are afraid of their own stories and their own plot lines and yeah so yeah, they they just they shy away a little too much, but uh, so I I'm gonna talk about my other, one of my other favorite genres, which is Metroidvanias. Ooh, oh, hell yeah! Ooh, I hell yeah, bro. I really like games that like that they don't necessarily repeat themselves, but do rhyme. The 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 sort of like all right, George Lucas. <laughs> the, the sort of looping back around and like connecting to an area that you'd already been in and like unlocking a new area with the thing that you got in the last area scheme perfect love it chef's kiss it's like a puzzle that you've got to figure out as you play every game does that make luigi's mansion a metroidvania that's not the first time i've heard that believe it or not dark souls is considered like the very first dark souls is considered to be a Metroidvania as well. Well, hold on. My brain is just shattered right now. Is Luigi's Mansion a fucking Metroidvania? That's it's the, that's the same shit. kind of question as, is Cory in the house an isekai? And the answer is yes. Okay, okay, cool. Alright, continue. Uh, yeah. Uh, specifically, Hollow Knight is, is, is a great one. That's oh a fantastic God. game. So good. It's so goddamn good. Silk Song can't come quick enough. I know. It's on my wish list already. Um I'm so hyped. Yeah, uh unfortunately though, much like Tyler, I'm bad at video games. <laughs> and so uh it's like 
it's it it's it's to me almost like playing like a Soulsborne game where it's like smashing my head into a wall until I get it just perfect. Well, it is um, like a two D Souls like Metroidvania. Yeah, I, a lot of people say it's like the Dark Souls of Metroidvanias. I love it. Uh, I love it so much. I always thought Dark Souls was the Dark Souls of Metroidvania, but, you know. Dark Souls is the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. I've heard (laughs) that, too. (laughs) Shatters my... Luigi's Mansion is the Dark Souls of... uh, Luigi's Mansion is the Dark Souls of Metroidvanias. Our our podcast I'm now the the first person in the history of of the universe to say those words. (laughs) I just wanted to be the first, that's all. Oh. We have a lot of first time ever quotes. Quick, Google Walter White's address. But yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely really like Metroidvanias. I also like farming games, believe it or not. Oh, I like life simmy farming games. I like what? Animal Crossing. Yeah, Stardew Valley is, uh, I think, maybe the best game ever made, and everyone should play it. You're, you you should... know what? It's... You're not wrong. It is a game of all time. It is. A, it is a game of all time. <laughs> it's uh, it it sucked. It soaked up a lot of hours for me. That's for sure. Honestly, Animal Crossing for the GameCube was my ship. I understand. I love I I didn't end up vibing like I feel like I would go too deep now if I played with it. But when I was younger and they were starting with like New Leaf and like the actual building of the towns, I just didn't vibe with it as much because I started with the GameCube one where like Animal Crossing was like almost like a a friendship, a relationship. Like you basically the whole thing was just satisfying your neighbors, being nice to them. Uh, bringing them gifts, uh, trying to soothe over conflict. And I just, I don't know, that was just such a peaceful, cozy thing. And also paying off debt because Tom Nook is a crook. You see, but here's the thing. I just want to quick talk about Animal Crossing and defend Tom Nook here. <laughs> I Tom knew this Nook was is, coming. Tom Nook is not a bad person. He's all right? a bad he man. Gives, no, he gives you debt, but you never have to pay it back. There's no you deadline. Do. You could just never pay him back, and he will never question you. He will leave you in a shack. He will leave you out to starve and die. You can max out. You can max out your house, or you can like he uh, grow it a couple you times. So that you don't even get to spend money on yourself. The money just goes out of his pocket. He literally back lets you live rent free in a house. He like, yeah, is it small? Yeah, but you can work to pay it off and make it bigger. You have all, all the time say, in the world. All I'm going to say is he wears Hawaiian shirts and little sweaters. I don't like his business tactics, but he's adorable, like but he's mean. He's got to make a living. He's got kids. He has more than enough money. We've they are seen his him. nephews, actually. He owns, oh, are they really? He actually? now owns several dozen islands. No, millions of islands. How many copies of Animal Crossing New Horizons sold? Well, that assumes that each version of Animal Crossing isn't just an alternate universe. It isn't Ooh. because you go and visit the other islands. Well, yeah, those planes travel through dimensions. Oh fuck! <laughs> you got me there. No, I, I love Animal Crossing: New Horizons. I'm not going to tell you what the theme of my island is. What is it? 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell you. Tell me. It's law and order, isn't it? Yes. No, but my flag is Cowboy Bebop. That's pretty. That's cool. Tell dude. I like that. Cool. Tell. All right. And I think my my town tune is the Avengers theme. Mine is Funky Town. Oh, that's so good. That's such a good one. Dude, I was there from like day one of New Horizons. I remember when the only way to get money was like was uh tarantula farming. Oh yeah. I was there, man. I watched it all from afar. Because I yeah. just I wanna play Animal Crossing again. I just have to I... be willing to go re- around town. I recommend New Horizons. I think it's, I think it's good. Fun. I like it. Yeah. Um I wanna give a quick shout out uh to Another game that I absolutely love, which is the game Celeste. Um, it's on sale right now for $5. If you're listening to this and it's still on sale, or just to YouTube, if you haven't played it, get it. Play it. Even if it's not on sale, Celeste is really good. That's 100%. true. If, especially if it's not on sale. Give these people money. Yeah. In case you're wondering, Tom Nook develops Celeste. <laughs> I was about no, to say no. support support your local creators and uh, small indie developers, but then you said it's Tom. Yeah, Crook. you want to know who funds this podcast? Tom Nook. No, it's, it's no, Big Nook. No, we have to yeah. pay all that money back We're to him. him. <laughs> Did, you him Nook? Did you say Big Nook? Did you say Big Nook? Nook. <laughs> yeah. Is that like no. is that like Big Pharma? Big Nook. <laughs> yeah. Big Nook. God damn no. it! Big Nook strikes again. They're silencing us. Title of this episode should be Big Nook trying to silence us. Silence. <laughs> All right. Um. Briefly, Tyler supports Big Nook. Big Nook. This Tyler, this Tyler's episode is sponsored by Big Nook. <laughs> I'm in the pocket of the government's in the pocket of Big Nook. <laughs> <laughs> um. Briefly, because I know we we've, we've gone on talking about Animal Crossing and Big Big Nook, but um, some of your least favorite game genres I feel like the people should know for me although i play uh like a, a handful i'm not really a huge like i'm not a huge fan of shooters it is probably due to why you guys don't really like uh souls like i'm not really good at them like i play apex and like that's that is kind of it's also its own genre it's uh it's battle royale which in itself i'm not really too fa- much of a fan of because i'm bad um, but another one is Hunt Showdown, and I actually it, I really like that one, but that's because it's an extraction-style game, which is its own little genre, where it's like a mini-battle royale, and you go in, either kill the mobs or the boss, maybe get some player kills, and then dip out. Or, you, if you're like me, a scared little bitch boy, hear somebody run next to you and immediately leave. It's fine. It's cool. No one will judge you because there's no one around. I got I got my least favorite. What is it? Hit me with it. Survival games. You I like survival games. You're I hate like, survival. Like what about Minecraft? So you here's like the thing. Minecraft. It takes hold everybody. Hold on a minute. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I know the Minecraft diehards out there. I do like Minecraft. What I was going to say about survival games is it takes a lot to make me care or like a survival game. I think 90% of survival games are clunky, boring, 
and frustrating. Like, for instance, I started playing Ark uh, Survival Evolved with my friend. And it's that like game the, is the most clunky and like painful. yeah, it's it's dude, it's so clunky. Like the only reason I'm still playing it is because you can shut off some of the meters and it's got d- funny dinosaurs. But yeah, like, it's also like one of the biggest survival games too. Like, yeah, they and did it's but it's like it, right. it plays it like it, but it plays clunky. And there's like, and the thing I hate about survival games too is they like to give you just meters. They love meters. Oh my god, they love meters yeah. more than a meter checker in real life. <laughs> they love meters. You want a you want a thirst meter? Got it. Hunger meter? Got it. You want a shit meter? You got a shit meter. San- sanity meter. <laughs> yeah, health. Yeah, health meter. Fuck it. Light meter. Cold meter. Heat meter. There's so many fucking meters. Now you're I hate them. Breath of the Wild. There's so Yo, many. Don't you meters. dare disrespect Breath of the Wild on my podcast. But then there's games like <laughs> there's games like Grounded. But then there's games like Grounded. My my friend loves Grounded. I think Grounded is so insufferable to play. I don't like it at all. Um, like Terraria, I like Terraria, but like it's really frustrating at times. Terraria is incredibly frustrating. Uh, I want to play No Man's Sky, but it's a survival game, and it, and I, every time I try to play it, it feels clunky, and I don't like it. Um, and then another one is State of Decay Two, and this one makes me so angry because I really like State of Decay Two's concept of like creating your own apocalypse like survival thing like your own survival group and having your own base and stuff but it's a fucking survival game with like 27 meters again and i hate those it's so frustrating and then another thing survival games do is they want to try to like make it so that you can't handle all the content all at once so what they'll do is they'll just like fill the map with enemies that can just like one shot you for 90 percent of the game so then you're just like like in Ark Survival Evolved, I was literally just standing around at a campfire waiting for my friend to get back from using the bathroom. And what happens? A fucking dinosaur runs up, one shots me, one shots my friend. And now I ha- and now I lose all my gear. So I gotta run all the way back there. All the way back across the map to get my gear from because I got one shotted for the for the terrible crime of waiting. And it's like, why? Like, why? The only game that doesn't do this is Minecraft. Like, Minecraft, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked by some enemies, but, like, every skeleton doesn't one-shot me when I look at it funny. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Survival games just frustrate me to no end. I feel like this one might frustrate you some, but might also appease some. I don't know. Um, Have you ever heard of Don't Starve? Uh, Yes, I don't like it. I think it's really Understand. cool, but I'm also really bad at it. That's another thing. <laughs> That's another thing with survival games. I'm bad at them. And there's so much crafting. And I'm just like, I can't like I can't craft shit fast enough or efficient enough. And it's just like I oh, dude, I can't. I just can't do them. Can't do them. I'll watch people play them. I'll watch people play them. But that's it. Ironically, the thing that makes Skyrim redeemable is its survival mode. Try it one of these days. How many it's meters does it have? I I'll only judge it based on how many uh, meters it has. The more the better. Hunger and thirst meter. Yeah, okay. if you include uh your magicka health and stamina, it has six meters. Okay, so I'm gonna give and it a six out of ten. And you can't eat a billion cheese wheels to heal up anymore. Okay, so yeah, I'll give it si- I'll give it six out of ten meters. Uh, 
It's uh just the absolute like doneness with meters and survival games in your voice is just It's just amazing. so frustrating because it's like, oh great, now I have to make sure that on me at all time I have a water canteen and ice cubes to cool me down and a heating pad in case I get a little chewy at night and uh thirty seven raw <laughs> steaks to cook because because Tyler raw hates steaks Minecraft you have to cook mods, them. though. Tyler only plays vanilla Minecraft. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't mind Minecraft, too, because you want to know one thing Minecraft does, too? Food can't spoil. That drives me insane. Food, when food <laughs> spoils. Like, dude, what the fuck? But I like Why do I have to worry about food spoiling? This isn't my refrigerator. It's a video game. <laughs> I like I like the workaround with it. I've been playing a survival game called Deep Stranded with uh, one of my friends. And then, <laughs> legit, like, if you kill something... And then make it into like meat and like have it prepped to cook or cook it. It can spoil. However, if you kill like a giant fish and then you drag that fish ashore and just leave it in your camp, it won't spoil at all. So it's like just getting a pile of like dead crabs, a bunch of big fish, uh, little sardines and shit. It's just absolutely hilarious to like walk into my camp and just be like, oh, yes, this is fresh. 100%. Honestly, I give it five out of ten meters. Um, <laughs> I think it has four meters. All right. Well, then it loses a point. Four out of ten meters. Because <laughs> I think yeah, you it know, has heat, water, um, sun. No, I only have three. Fucking. I don't remember. Cold. Uh. <laughs> you you know that thing about like. If if you just kill the fish and then you don't turn it into food, it doesn't spoil. That's true in real life too. Actually, uh, you can eat fish that's been dead a really long time. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's one hundred percent fine. Okay, Same. here's the real thing. I, I I wasn't sure. I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't sure if D was joking or not for a second there, and I was like, <laughs> wait, you actually eat fish that's been no. dead a long ass time? No, you can't, Tyler. Tyler was about to try it. What? I don't know how fish work. (laughs) I don't know how fish work? (laughs) Yeah. Put that in the quotes. I don't know how fish works. Just imagine Tyler looking at fish he has in his fridge and be like, huh. Because for some reason, you just have a whole fish in there. We'll say that. If I see a whole fish in my fridge, I just start screaming, (laughs) how the fuck does that work? You you have like, you have like seven dead fish in your fridge they're rotting i can eat these at any time i can eat these whenever i, mean, I want dude i'm like uh, I the insane cl- to right now i'm like the insane clown posse man fucking fish how do they work <laughs> <laughs> anyway what's your genre d <laughs> i uh as previously stated i don't like action rpgs that uh shy away from their own ideas and themes and plot lines but that's not uh, really a whole genre i know i just wanted to, to point that out like there's a dark side of the action rpg he just genre. wanted to call they just wanted Fair to enough. call out that genre yeah i just wanted to specifically call out todd howard i want to also oh, say that, that there's howard also a bright again? side that is too far too far gone with like something like kingdom hearts I love the series to death, and I probably will until I die, just because first game ever has a special place in my heart. But man, they they went full. Nomura went full tilt into the story there. Did not give any fucks. Said, just make it messy. 
but I like it messy. Yeah, I'm I'm still like not a hundred percent on the Kingdom Hearts timeline. And I have been actively well, I involved. Set you down I no here's the thing though, is that like I started playing I played Kingdom Hearts two in like two thousand eight or something like that. And I have been like actively involved in a in, in an ongoing life quest to figure out what the fuck is actually happening in Kingdom Hearts. Ever some since of, some of us have solved it. That's a quest you're never it. completing. No, it, I've solved it. I know what happens. There, so there's, there's this a, fucker it, with big shoes named Sora. <laughs> there's a before mouse that, named Mickey. Before that, there's other things. Sorry, <laughs> guys. Oh yeah, Steamboat Willie. I there. win. You do have. First, there was a giant war that resulted in genocide. That's how a lot of RPGs start. Yeah, that's how this Disney RPG starts. <laughs> genocide, though. It's a Disney RPG. It's different from other RPGs. Then we flash forward hundreds of years to three fuck-ups. Or two fuck-ups and their mom. And it's and that, we call this game Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> Xenoblade's it. Those are good RPGs. Xenoblade? Great RPGs. Fantastic. But, right, uh, but back to your your least favorite. Sorry about that. No, you're okay. I was gonna say, um, yeah, shooters are definitely some of my least favorite. I just am not good at at shooters. I'm just not. I'm just not good at them. I feel that. I feel that like on a spiritual level. Like you don't I have the flick of your wrist. No, I'm just kidding. I can have. I'm fun great with at eating spaghetti. <laughs> Look at the flick of the wrist. Flick of the wrist. Like I. I can have fun playing shooter games, and, like, there are some that I really enjoy, like, I shot Hunt Showdown, but it's, like, mainly because, like, I have friends that are playing this shooter, and I just want to play with them, and then I am either a goofy goober, or I try, but it's okay, because we're all just making fun and having a good time. I don't like, uh, shooters like CSGO or Valorant. Those shooters are frustrating, where, like, you can die in basically, like, one shot. Oh, so you don't like Rainbow Six? Yeah, no, I don't like Rainbow Six. <laughs> I also, I'm bad at it. I hate I it. I haven't even played Rainbow Six. Just everything I see of it makes me afraid. Because I, I know hate shooters I where I'm not good. guaranteed to get a kill every round. Like okay. where there's high odds that I could just spend a round not getting a kill. Or just sitting there watching other people because I died too quick. I, I don't like shit like that. I'm looking at you. Battle Royales. Yeah, dude. Battle Royales. The only one who has yet to to has yet to force my hand to quit it is ironically Fortnite. I, I'm I'm sorry, Tyler. You're voted off the the island. Well, the only reason it's keep my attention is because they fill a lot of their game. Like a lot of their games will have a lot of like bots in them, so I basically get free kills. So I don't feel as frustrated. Fair enough, fair enough. I Plus, it's got that. funny skin, so I can watch John Cena wield a katana at Mac. It's funny. <laughs> My other not favorite genre, I want to say. Sorry, I know you guys were talking about wielding katanas and Master Chief and stuff. This is the sticky note on the inside of my brain. <laughs> no worries. Go for it. Visual novels, I have a really hard time with. 
that's what I just, ramble. Yeah, it's just let me reading. Tell you about, let me tell you about this one visual novel called Person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Boyfriend Dungeon might be a good visual novel for you. Because uh, that's a Isn't visual that novel a... with. Well, I mean, it's it's a visual novel mixed with like a dungeon crawler. That's what it's labeled as. Mixed it's with like a. No, it's like just a, a simulator. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like a, it's like a romance visual novel mixed with a dungeon crawler. That's what it my bre- life is like. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, either way, <laughs> D, I think I think you would really like it because it's, it's got some pretty cool. It, it it's a pretty cool game, and I think it it would it would fix the problem. I think you have with visual. Novels. Uh... Yeah, I mean, there, there are some visual novels that I like. I just, a lot of them I'm like, oh, God, I can't read seven more pages of just the same dialogue over and over and over again. You know what it's, I mean? It's, like, it's book the video game. Book the video, exactly. I Lusty Argonian Maid. Actually, I have read Lusty Argonian Maid. Uh, Lips or Tail is my favorite Elder Scrolls protagonist. <laughs> All right. I stand <laughs> I'm gonna stand down. So yeah, I mean that—that's those are those are my things. It's just that like I'm bad at video games, and you shouldn't listen to me. The takeaway. That's it. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, no, don't say that. Listen to us, please. Continue listening. No, yeah, no, listen just to don't. these guys. No, no, yeah, no. You can listen to us. Just don't act like our opinions have any value. Just See, that's the trick. When it comes around to D, is that what D is saying? Yeah, yeah, that's Let's... exactly it. Is that like Don't me? Do that. D has some valuable opinions. That's not true. <laughs> well, I mean, All one I thing mean... that like I see people complain about with podcasts is they're like, "Oh, podcast hosts think that their opinions are like the ones that matter most." But it's like I want to point out that none of us think our opinions our opinions matter most. We're just we just, just really like a... sharing how ridiculously dumb we are. Sometimes. And it's just kind of like the thing we're doing. That's like what we're we're trying to do is just like talk and chat and say our opinions, even if they can be bad sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and mine are like, bad uh, most of the time. Like the disrespect being put on Big Nook. Yo, Big Nook is a crook. Big um, Nook funded this podcast, guys. Yeah. Guys, I am I am str- I'm going on strike. Tomorrow, after the first episode goes up, until Big Nook stops funding this. Oh, you're going to go on strike? Well, we're going to do the big business thing. You're just fired now. (laughs) 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 That's how big businesses handle strikes. You're fired. Uh, They'll never find someone to replace someone that'll record and edit for them. Two days later. You're right. On second thought, you're rehired. Hey, what 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 we're what we're dangerously close to uh, funding this podcast and uh, video game? Let's talk about our sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. No, Wait, no. Let's talk about our not sponsor, Shadow Raid Legends. It's our sponsor, Battle Bade Legends. There's a really good phone game. Uh, you don't even have to cut this out. You can just listen to us ramble about phone games now. Because I was going to mention that there's a really good uh, pro wrestling phone game that I have called uh, Oh shit, what's the actual name? Um, uh, Modern Wrestling Mania. It's a really good one. I like that. I like that phone game. I've had one that I've been on a kick with. 
and like phone games if i whenever i get them i have a bunch on my phone but it's usually like i will download a few and then play one or two of them and then promptly lose interest and then just never delete them but one i've been on kick with lately that i find just really fun even though like gameplay is not like the most thrilling action-packed stuff ever but it's called doom depths and it is a turn-based uh roguelite game where like your progress is being able to like unlock weapons and uh abilities that you'll then be able to have added into the pool as you go in they have like seven different classes that then any combination of two of them can combine into like its own type of class and build i think it's really neat uh lilith games makes a lot of really good mobile phone games but they are kind of gotcha so like just be fair warned if you're gonna play it that like there's gonna be some gotcha stuff in it but i think they're really solid i love the art in them they always do really great designs like for characters and stuff uh dislight is a great one i've been playing a lot of this cool new mobile phone game called solitaire ad free uh yeah i took you as a pachinko lad I've never actually played Oblivion. Uh, you know, Oblivion. I have been playing Oblivion on my phone a lot lately. So, I've played some emulated games on my. It well, you know what this is is that I am I'm streaming from my computer onto my phone. Okay, we've lost the plot hardcore here. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make the executive decision to say that that topic is over and it's time for D to talk <laughs> about Peyton Manning's forehead. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. I agree with this decision. Executive decision not vetoed. Put the guillotine on that topic. <laughs> Just end it. Kill it. Are, are, are we ready to do this? Kill it. I am fire. ready. I'm ready. Okay, now. I just sent you, uh, Dude, my my, my notes. I sent I sent you my notes. It's it is uh. Do we quite, have to follow along? It's quite school? literally a spreadsheet. Um. <laughs> So 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 you don't have to follow around along if you don't want to. If but I I think I took some good notes. It's uh it's that time of year again when people start talking about first round picks in the NFL draft and whether or not first round pick, the first pick, first overall pick I should say, is actually worth it. Uh a lot of people usually end up saying, I'm included in this. Uh it's always a bust. And uh I decided to check and see if that was true. Um, and I'm here to share my results. So oh, I boy. went from 2022 all the way down to 92. Oh, dear uh, Lord. Yeah, so the last 30 years, I did not include names because I didn't want my personal feelings about any player to get involved. Uh, they might have implicitly, though. I'll say that. <laughs> I see some pictures here. Uh, there are no <laughs> pictures in my notes here. Um, most notably, Boltman's there from the Chargers. Uh, he needs to be included in everything, I think. He reminds but, me of the moon from those McDonald's commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is this but guy this sniffing is really on this bad. last picture? Oh, that's Demarcus I, Russell. I have no idea what he's sniffing, though. <laughs> I I believe it I believe it's sugar. I'm not sure though. It's your Marcus Russell, so whatever the worst possible thing you can think of, it's probably that. Like that. 
that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to oh, ask sorry. why there was no names on this, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, like trying to keep your your feelings about them out of it. I get you. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wanted to be unbiased as I possibly could. Because when you label somebody a bust, it's hard to decide whether or not you just feel that way about them because of your own personal feelings or whether or not they are legitimately a bust, a total bust. So, uh, yeah, I, I broke them down by their accomplishments uh, and how many years they were in the league stuff like that. I have, a, I have a category for the year they were drafted, their position, so we can see if it's true that they uh, only ever draft quarterbacks, um, whether or not they did well, how many Super Bowl wins they have, the team that drafted them, how many years they were in the league. Um, and uh, I, I'd like to jump into that. Really so, is a lot of quarterbacks. Really is a lot. There is a lot of quarterback. We could start like, there if you want. Like eighty percent um, quarterbacks. One thing I also noticed is how many, um, how many first round picks came out of the the uh, AFC. Oh my god, AFC North. Specifically, yeah. eight between Cincinnati and Cleveland, which yes. sucks because I was Cincinnati fan. I was gonna bring that up. That uh, yeah, Cincinnati and Cleveland are over the last thirty years are in fact tied for most. First round pick, or uh, first overall pick. I don't know. Indianapolis, Houston, and like Indianapolis and Houston are pretty close too, and they're they're still bad. So who knows? <laughs> that is true. Um, the Rams are also up there with three picks over the last few years. That's true. Yeah. Um. So, the NFC East has never had a first round pick. In the last thirty years, um, has a fir- in the last thirty years has never had a first overall pick. A first overall pick, yeah, no, not a single team in that division. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Especially with how bad I'm a Washington fan. Uh, for all a their a lot of these teams have been pretty issues. bad. <laughs> yeah, Washington has been bad for thirty years. So you'd think that they would have they would have ended up there somewhere, but no, they actually they've only ever had two in franchise history. Wait, wasn't that one? Wasn't the uh he's a defensive end? Wasn't he a first overall pick? He still plays. Uh, uh Is it John uh Chase Young? Oh my god, Chase Young. Is he not a first overall pick? I believe he was the second. Oh, was that Oh, that wasn't Joe Burrow's year. Was that Joe Burrow's year? The year before, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that would mean cuz I think I'm looking cuz then I'm cuz then I'm looking at this. I think this is Kyler Murray in 2019. Cuz this yeah, is a first yes. overall pick for the Cardinals. Uh so yeah. Uh do we want to talk about how many quarterbacks are here? Uh yes, could, there's yeah, a let's lot. Let's talk about how many quarterbacks are here. There's a lot of fucking quarterbacks here. 18 out of these 30 picks are quarterbacks. God damn. Like fifty five percent or some shit. That's that's more than half. Like whoa. Yeah. Uh, everybody always says that people always take quarterbacks as their as the first overall pick. It's not totally true, but it definitely is a trend that is. Yeah, I mean, it's been very common. Uh, it's it's I guess essentially been getting more and more common every year since like ninety eight. Uh. 
it's a sea of quarterbacks, really. Wasn't there like a lot of mentality that like a good quarterback could make the the team? Because it's like they're the they're like leaders almost. So yeah, the NFL I would say has like kind of like a cult of the quarterback, where like they are the team to a lot of people. They are the big the big player that everybody knows. Everybody knows the stats of the only person people talk about, and I don't think that's a good way to think about a team. To be honest, I wouldn't even say it's limited entirely to NFL because, like, when I was a when I was a little kid, definitely not built for it. But I played football for a bit, and it was definitely like the energy that that I would feel at least is that like quarterback was the end all be all. They're like the assistant coach. They get a little thing on their arm that gives them all the plays so that they can guide and tell the people what to do. And it's like it really is like they're they're the they're the head honcho of the team. Yeah, uh, it's there's sort of um, yeah. I I I can't really think of any other way to put it than like a cult around quarterbacks. Uh, and. It is, yeah. I think a bad a bad look, especially for a lot of other position players that play really well. I mean, like, uh, you know, of of there's there's two Hall of Famers on this list, right? There's only two Hall of Famers in the last thirty years, by the way. Uh, God damn. Yeah. Uh, and only one of them is a quarterback. You would think it would be like, oh well, you know, both of them are, both of them are like these great, amazing quarterbacks, but uh, that's that's actually not true. Um, the other, the other is uh, an offensive tackle, so that should tell you exactly how much talent can be in any position. Yeah, two two things. I was gonna note that one, um, the quarterback from nineteen ninety nine. So listen, as buff, buff. Listen, as bus, a bus. And then next to it says zero Super Bowls, but it's orange. Does that mean he was beaten by injury? Because that's Tim Couch, isn't it? That is Tim Couch. Uh, I I was thinking about better ways to portray what I was trying to say here. Uh, not in the Super Bowl. Uh, he, he wasn't beaten by injury in the Super Bowl. He was beaten by injury uh, and also won zero Super Bowls. I didn't want to totally label him as a bust without yeah. putting forth some amount of like I was, explanation as to what happened. Yeah, I was just curious um, if you considered him beaten by injury because I don't hear people talk about that a lot. That's why I was curious about that. Yeah, I I um, honestly do. I I, I the more I, I looked into some of these players, um, especially these two right in a row, uh, the two thousand and ninety nine picks, both went to uh, to the Browns. Um, some people would consider to be busts, uh, and uh, the more I read about them, the more I realized that like. They just couldn't stay healthy. They just kept getting hurt. That was the thing that really kept killing their years in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, those are the actually the only two that I have marked as beat by injury. But I think that there are some others that you could. Uh, you no, you have a couple both. more. You have 2014's di- defensive end, and then 2016's QB, and I think 2016 is that Andrew Luck. Uh, no. Andrew Luck was 2012. Um, yeah. Any of the ones marked in yellow here are, are retired. I'm surprised um, you didn't put him as beat by injury. I'd argue he was beat by injury. 
you could argue that. I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I was to say I, I think there's a lot of people. The the ones I have appear in, in 2014 and 2016 though, those are actually uh I would say on the verge of being a bust. Not that I think that they're bad. Oh yeah, okay. I see. I, I mix up my I mix up my color oranges. My bad. That that's all right. Uh, I I I do see that they're really close. I was thinking about that actually. But uh yeah, I, I mean I'm not trying to say that they're bad players necessarily. It's just that they haven't exactly put up the numbers that some people would really like to see and they're both free agents right now so okay. not a whole lot now, of, especially being you know not that far removed from their draft years not a whole lot here's another one i'm really interested by this this deep red one right here in which it says uh yes, arrested for dog fighting about this the quarterback yeah, of the falcons in 2001 what is this tell me the story <laughs> Okay. I need to know. <laughs> do, 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 you, know do you really this. not know who that is? I have no idea. I have no you idea about the is? story. I don't know about any of this. That would be the one and only Michael Vick. Uh, yeah, he was legitimately, he was arrested for dogfighting. Um, it, really it really put a damper on his career. Um, it killed his career. Yeah, yeah. He uh, lost his he, best years to that. Yeah, he really I did. That's, that's kind of fucked. Makes uh, make a dog's fight. Yeah, I honestly don't don't feel bad for like zeroing in on him, uh, because yeah, that's shitty. That's shitty. Yeah. He says that's... that he's he's you know he's he's uh he he doesn't believe anybody but himself, and he's uh he's he's a better person now. But uh, you know that that doesn't change the fact that. That's bad. He he did some bad shit. Like That's let's be bad. honest. That's bad. At least it does seem. And I don't. I don't know. I don't follow him or anything. At least it does seem like he's recovering. I guess. It's. I don't really know how else to put it, but it's like, that's fucked. Make dogs fight. Cincinnati, they don't do that. Cincinnati They're supposed to be in, pet. Uh, Hug them. Love them. Cincinnati in ninety four and ninety five go back to back with busts, and first round picks. And I know one of them, the halfback, is Kajana Carter. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The AFC North has had not great luck. Yeah. The with... Browns in 99 and 2000 had back-to-back busts. And both of them, ironically, were the two that were beaten by injury. That You know, the reason that that, that beat by injury is like that color orange is because that's the Browns orange. That's just that's just that franchise in that a makes nutshell. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah. What does HOF mean? Hall of, Hall of Fame. Fame. Okay. Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The the, so, the two Hall of Famers are uh, Orlando Pace and Peyton Manning. That's uh. Orlando Pace uh, revolutionized the pancake. Well, the what? pancake block. Oh. The pancake block. That's like he's the one who uh, <laughs> it was like the pancake. Yeah, the pancake block. He was the one who <laughs> like they put on a scoreboard how many pancake blocks he had in a game in college. I thought you were trying to tell me that he had like another career as a chef, and he like no, he does really have a syrup pancake. brand though. Pretty sure he's a syrup brand, or he did. That tracks. That does make sense. The pancake. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it can't fit on my screen all at once because of this forehead. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I also love how his name is in Comic Sans, but the others aren't. 
also on purpose. <laughs> now I noticed who you listed as the worst. Care to care to discuss who you listed as the worst? First I, overall I, pick. I, I would say the worst in sense of uh, whether or not he was a bust. And uh, yeah, let's be honest. It's it's Jamarcus Russell. Um, I can't I can't really I can't really say too much about him. He was only in the league, uh, you know, a handful of years. People who worked with him said that you know he had problems with work ethic and attitude. And uh, hey, Jamarcus Russell, if you're listening right now, wish you the best, buddy. I in the last thirty years, though, you technically were the worst pick. Uh. Here's this one's for Nick and anybody listening. My favorite Jamarcus Russell story is they wanted to test his work ethic. So they handed him a CD and they said, or they handed him a DVD and they said, here, we need you to watch this. This has a bunch of plays on it. And we want you to run these tomorrow in a at camp. So I need you to watch all these plays and tell me like how, how they're, how they're shaping up and if you can do them. And then uh, he came in the next day and said, Jamarcus, you watch that DVD. He said, yeah, I know all the plays inside and out. I'm ready to do it. And the coach looked at him and said, that DVD's blank. There's nothing on it. <laughs> he didn't watch the DVD. That's he rough, gave him a blank disc. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal, but like, jeez, man. <laughs> Damn. Fucking caught him lacking. I mean, that's really, that's, like, that's kind of the story of Jamarcus Russell, for as terrible as it is. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he, it was a story of um, hubris and bad worth at work ethic just kind of shot him in the foot, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you can you compare that to the two first overall picks who did the best. They're two guys with some insane worth ethic, work ethic in Pace and Manning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, so overall, these these quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, these these picks, um, have a total of 10 Super Bowl wins over the last 30 years. Uh, and they make up a third of those. Damn. Like, yeah, the, just the two of them make up a third of those. So, it's, you know, that should, that should give you an idea about like the kind of work ethic you need to have. It's been 20 years since a Hall of Famer was drafted. Number one overall. Yeah. Over I mean, I mean, in in the defense of a lot of these newer players, uh, you have to be retired for a certain number of years, yeah, before you can even get on the ballot. Yeah, but like a lot of these guys, do you think they're gonna like be going to? Oh, I guess uh, who's twenty eleven? Is twenty eleven Rogers? No, who's twenty eleven? Twenty eleven is is Cam Newton. Oh. I was like, man, who who got drafted number one overall in 2011? They look pretty good. And then you said Cam Newton. I'm like, never mind. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no Green Bay uh picks at all for this. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but one thing that I will say is we're due for a Hall of Famer. Joe Burrow, please don't suck. Please, you know, don't it's suck. funny that you bring up people who are going to be Hall of Famers, uh, because I'd like to zero in on. Uh, Mr. 2004. Uh, two Super Bowl wins, technically drafted by the Chargers. 15 years in the league. Oh, I know who this is. is you this know Drew who Brees? this is? Is this Drew Brees? 
No. It's not? Who the fuck is this? This it's is Eli Manning. Oh my god, I forgot he was drafted by the Chargers! Yeah, he was originally drafted by the Chargers, and then they swapped. Yeah, because he told them the to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Yeah, because he said, uh, I won't want to play for you. That's hilarious. That's, yeah, that that's that's Eli Manning. Uh, I just want to point out, like, you know, think what you will about Eli Manning. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, though, because uh, he and his brother combined have four Super Bowl wins. And about three miles of forehead. Okay. <laughs> Between the two of them? That's a lot of forehead. That's too much forehead. That's, that's too arguably, much forehead. You that's arguably stop. not enough. That's arguably not enough forehead. No, no, halt, you criminal scum. I can't believe I thought that was Drew Brees. I was looking at the two Super Bowls, and I was like, oh, it's Drew Brees. He played for the Chargers. Which one of these he is... Was a, yeah. Where's Ryan yeah. Leaf? He was number one. He wasn't a... Oh, no, he, he was two. Because it was the same one with Manning. Two. Yeah, he was Manning. Yep, that's it. Yep. It's coming back to me. I remember was, he He would... If he had been the first pick, he, he would have been a bust, too. I mean, like, oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He would have been... He would have uh, needed his own color. Uh, <laughs> I, uh... Again, I hope anybody who's listening to this who is a professional football player uh, isn't it doesn't have their feelings hurt. Sorry, guys, just business. True. I mean, <laughs> nothing personal. That's, kid. that's the name of the episode. It's just business. Ten Super Bowl wins, <laughs> and three of them are between two people. Yeah, ten Super Bowl wins over yeah. thirty years. Yeah. And we haven't had one since 2013's tackle that went to the Chiefs. Yep. Wow. Uh, Only one of them, well, no, two of them are still playing because 09's quarterback is still playing. He's got one. Which it looks like that is Matthew Stafford. 09? Yep. He was drafted by the Lions. Uh, Yeah. Stafford, yeah. Yep. That's it. Stat Padford. I don't actually so I believe that. that. I SB just think it's a funny name. SBA means Super Bowl and Super Bowl appearance. What does PB mean? Uh, PB is Pro Bowl. Okay. Oh yeah, Pro Bowl, yeah. baby! Sorry. <laughs> that's that's actually Tyler's favorite game. He can tell you all about it. I love the Pro that's... Bowl. And nobody else likes it, but I love the Pro Bowl. You should um, you should do an episode about the Pro Bowl. I should do an episode about why I love the Pro Bowl. And yes, in it, please. and in it, I'm gonna keep posting that image of Peyton Manning's giant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll somehow make a thumbnail for the episode. Now, now here's one thing that I do want to want to bring up because we we've been talking a little bit about like how like Cleveland and Cincinnati have the most first overall picks in the Rams. The NFC has had nine number one picks. The AFC has had twenty two. Yeah. Uh... I said, what the fuck. <laughs> Why has the AFC been you know, so bad? I I just think the AFC has been in like a bit of a drought in the last thirty years or so. I definitely think that's kind of changing on its axis now. I think the NFC is going to be the worst conference. For... I mean, you, I mean, you say that, but the past three years, Jags, Jags, Bengals. Yeah, and then before, yeah. and then it was the Cardinals, and then before that, it's the Browns, Browns, and the Rams and Bucks. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but I do definitely think that that kind of a switch is going to happen. Eventually. Oh, yeah. They're, that's just because of all the youth in the AFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I wanted to, uh, to draw attention really quick, and, uh, and then we can, we can sort of wrap everything up here. What do you think the average, without looking, what do you think the average career length for these first overall picks are? Okay, I'm going to like just look at the numbers. I'm just going to look at the floor. Uh, a bunch of 15s in here. I'm going to say it's like 13. Not too far off. It's 11 years. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Um, I was actually... I was I was talking about my my findings with another football fan, and he brought up the question though: Do you think that some of these people have had the average career in the NFL is is like three years? So, do you think that some of these people have had their careers extended by virtue of the fact that they were the first pick? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah yeah. All right, you answered yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, for for multiple reasons. Because for one, they get they like typically they'll they'll ride out their rookie contracts, um, and then typically places will pick them up and try to get something out of them for a few years. Uh, a lot of them will become backups, like career backups, for a long time. Career backup. Looking at you, twenty eighteen. Is that Carson Wentz? Oh wait, no, no, that's not Carson Wentz. That's uh, Baker Mayfield. Try not to say names here, Tyler. Sorry, Maker Bayfield. Maker Bayfield. <laughs> That's fine. They'll never know. Uh, I yeah. like him as a person, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of these were like career backups, and like having that first overall pick on your resume makes you look like you can at least you can at least fool somebody into thinking you're 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 halfway decent. You know. I think that's a lot of it. And I think that number is also boosted by the fact that there's a couple guys in here who just had long careers playing pretty good. Like, like a lot of these are, like, just players who played pretty good. Like, from 02 to, like, was this, 02 to, like, 05, all those players have 15 years, 11 to 15 years. Okay, I do have one question about the years, though. This 15 for uh, Michael Vick, does that include how much time he was in prison? I don't remember if I counted that or not. I did this a few days ago. Because if he played uh, 15 years, like that doesn't sound right. You might have accidentally included the years he was in jail. You accidentally actually, included his I, prison ball. Yeah, I think I did. I think I, I, think I might have done that. Sorry, I, I skewed the data a little bit. Well, either way, the, I mean, the point still stands at... Chuck the whole episode out. It's not I mean, correct. even then, even if, the, even if the <laughs> average career is less than 11, it's still way more than three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, they uh, a, a lot of these guys have had long, you know, very, uh, say, industrious careers as... Yeah, so what we're trying to say is the first overall pick is the backup farm. 
Yeah, kind of. It's, it's where you uh, either it's, get it's like, an, an attractive quarterback or a backup. There's no in uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning? <laughs> yeah. I love a man with a clipboard for a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Peyton Manning. I know you're yeah, listening to this. Yeah, we love you, Peyton Manning, I swear. You just gotta... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure this is nothing he hasn't heard before. That's probably true. It could be worse. Right, yeah, could look, it could be worse. He could look like his brother. No, I'm just kidding. So this, this edited photo does make him look like a conehead. <laughs> Who said it was like, edited? It's a heavily edited. <laughs> Who said it was edited? <laughs> Who said it was edited? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually just slapped a filter on. This is a totally normal picture. This is just him with an Instagram filter. His glamour filter. Holy shit. Imagine somebody with that size forehead walked up to you in real life, though. Surprises the Jets have only had one. That's one thing I noticed. Yeah, I was also not I, not expecting that. I mean, the Jets and Detroit. Been... Detroit only has one. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the franchises you think of as being like bad, not not that not that many picks actually. They're not bad enough. And that's it. That's my that's my uh that's my info dump for the episode. This was very fast. Sorry, I had to do it to you. I don't know. What's I found that? this. I found this incredibly fascinating. Uh, I love learning about um, be arrested for dog fighting because for like the first 10 15 minutes i was sitting there just staring at it just like <laughs> what does this mean who the fuck got arrested for dog fighting oh one was a this? crazy year michael vick yeah was a, like, lot, a lot of crazy things michael vick was literally the hottest shit and then he got arrested that's yeah no that's that's crazy though I'm, that is that's a, a very that's a very i really like interesting sports stuff like that like facts like that where you just kind of like break down all this stuff about like a specific aspect of it and like you know kind of break down like especially because with the first overall pick like you said a lot of people say they're all busts but even though this this doesn't make the first overall pick look great it also kind of disproves the narrative that they're all busts because like there's a good chunk of them that were pretty decent players that's and that's exactly what i wanted to like set out to do was, was actually look at whether or not they are all bust, mostly bust. What the what the ratio from busts to Hall of Famers? By the way, in this list, I have eight busts, two Hall of Famers. If you're wondering, um, a third one definitely on the way. In in Eli Manning, let's be honest, he's gonna get it. Um, oh no no no! no. And, you don't think so? No, absolutely. No, obviously he will. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and and yeah, I you know I uh. I think we can, you know, definitively say once and for all that not all of them are bust. Just a lot of them. <laughs> I respect that. I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that. Uh, that conclusion. Is that a third and final official stance for the government love bot? No. Our official stance is that he, uh, Peyton Manning's forehead is in fact funded by Big No. All right. So. That's it, everybody. With that, this has been Government Love Bot. Whatever, this, whatever 
this podcast shapes up to be, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I've been Tyler. I've been Nick. I am also Dean. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good Don't night. Polish See you guys next time. Bye. Uh,